called Fulfilling God's Purpose for Your Life. We have put all of this in a little publication. If you have not received your copy, just lift your hand up and ushers will get one to you. Anybody here who has not received a copy, just put your hand up, you'll get one. If you have one, just write your name on it. Please bring it with you uh, for the next uh, several weeks when you come to church. Come here in the Sunday mornings. Please bring this with you because we're going to study it together. We encourage you to study it in your personal time. We also encourage you to use it in your cell groups, in your prayer groups, wherever. Study it together with other people. Just to quickly give you an idea of what we're going to cover. I'm going through the contents here now. Chapter 1, there are six chapters that we're going to cover. We're going to talk first of all about understanding that God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for each one of us, for your life. That's in chapter 1, which we're going to cover today. In chapter 2, we're going to talk about recognizing God's purpose for your life. How do we discover what God wants us to do at any given stage, at any given season, at any given point in time in our lives? We're going to cover nine different ways to recognize God's purpose for our life. Chapter 3, we're going to talk about understanding God's preparation process. You know, God prepares you for what He's called you to do. He doesn't just say, go do it, try to figure it out yourself. No, He prepares you. He gets you ready for what He wants you to do in life. So we're going to talk about God's preparation process. Number four, chapter four, we're going to talk about positioning yourself to fulfill His purposes. We must learn to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, if we want to fulfill the purpose of God for our lives. We're going to talk about that when we get to chapter four. In chapter five, we're going to talk about the price of the high call of God. There is a price to pay if we want to fulfill the purpose of God for our lives. We're going to talk about that. And finally, chapter 6, we're going to talk about finishing your course. It's not good enough to start. You've got to finish. So we're going to talk about how to finish our course successfully. Now, just to give us a little introduction, uh, back in 1992, 1993, around that time, is when the Lord put into my heart this whole message on, on, on fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And from that time, I've preached this many, many times. Amy tells others, it's my pet message. <laughs> it's something I like to preach. You can make me up in the middle of the night and tell me to preach, and I'll probably preach this. <laughs> Fulfilling God's purpose for your life. I just like to look into the eyes of God's people and speak into their heart that God has a purpose for you. Amen? You are not an accident waiting to happen. Amen? You've got a destiny. You've got a future. You've got places to go. You've got people to meet. You've got lives to touch. You've got things to do. Amen? God's got a purpose for your life. So really like to share that with people. And of course, over the years, uh, as I've preached it probably, I don't know how many times, uh, over the years, as you keep preaching it, preaching it, kind of refine it, you make it better, it improve on this whole thing. And so here you have a somewhat refined version for us in print that we can all study together. And... Uh, now, I really want to encourage us that we must go on and catch God's dream for our life. Amen? So tell your neighbor, catch God's dream for your life. Catch God's dream for your life. There is no greater purpose than to live out God's purpose for your life. 
There is no greater satisfaction than to fulfill God's purpose. There is no greater adventure than to walk according to His purpose. Amen? No higher purpose than God's purpose. No greater satisfaction than to fulfill His purpose. No greater adventure than to walk according to His purpose. So catch God's dream for your life. Now it's not always going to be easy. There's going to be mountains to climb, some devils to fight, some people to get out of the way. But it's going to be worth it all. Amen? And of course, we want, to en- want you to enjoy your journey as you pursue God's dream. So tell a neighbor, get ready for the journey. So this morning, we're going to, first of all, simply establish the fact, help us understand that God has a purpose for your life, for each one of us. God has a purpose for your life. We want to establish that fact. You know, we must understand something about God. That God is a God of plan. He's a God of purpose. He's a God of design. He's a God of objectivity or of, or of objectives. See, God doesn't wake up in the morning and say, hmm, let me decide what am I going to do today. Let me see which side should the sun rise up. God's not like that. God's got a plan, purpose, design. Look at His creation. There is amazing design in all of God's creation. Amen? I mean, you don't see, you know, the heart floating down out there and the ear going off. Suddenly you say, what's happening? There's amazing design in each of our bodies. God is a God of design. God of plan, of order, of objectives. Look at scriptures here in Psalm 33 verse 11. The Bible says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart to all generations. God has some plans in His heart. Amen? See, some of us don't like to plan. I got news for you. God's got a plan. Amen? He's got plans. The plans of His heart. He's got plans in His heart. Acts 15, 18, known to God from eternity are all His works. See, God knows ahead of time the things He's going to do. Known to God from eternity are all His works. Isaiah 46, 10, declaring, God declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that I not yet done, saying my counsel will stand, I will do all my pleasure. God knows the end From the beginning, He knows the destination when you start your journey. He also knows how you should get there. Amen? That's the kind of God we serve. A God of plan, of purpose, of design, of objectives. He's not a God who says, let me see what I do today. He doesn't work at random. He doesn't work arbitrarily. He's got a plan. And the Bible reads to us in the New Testament, God's master plan, His eternal purpose. Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, Paul writes, he says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So there's a good pleasure, something that God is really happy about, which he purposed in himself. Meaning, he didn't discuss this plan with anybody else. Amen? He didn't go to the board 
of governors. He didn't go to the committee. He didn't go to the angelic advisory board. <laughs> he didn't go to, I don't know, whatever. God decided in himself because he's God. Amen? When I want to make some decisions against the church, I sit with that church. I'll be all things together. But God didn't do that. He just decided in himself what he was pleased in. Something that he purposed. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. So what is his plan? That in the culmination of all of these times, what's he going to do? He's going to gather people together, those who are already in heaven and those who are not. He's going to gather us all together. Verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him. According to the purpose of him. So him has a purpose. He has a purpose. We have been predestined according to the purpose of him. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So twice in this passage in verse 9 and verse 11. Paul says God has a purpose. According to the purpose of him. Ephesians 3.11 he writes, he says, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God has an eternal purpose, a master plan, if you will, which he has executed and is continuing to execute in Christ. He's got an eternal purpose. What is his eternal purpose? To gather together people. Those are in heaven, those are on earth, gather together people in Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Paul puts it this way, he says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So this is God's master plan. This is God's eternal purpose. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth. And he wants to gather them together in Christ. This is God's plan and master plan that he's, he's unfolding, that he's carrying out on the earth. But God, in addition to that, not only does God have a master plan, an eternal purpose, but God has a specific purpose for each individual person that he created. Amen? God has a purpose for each and every individual. In Psalm 139, I'm on page 4. In Psalm 139, verse 16, the psalmist said, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. The message Bible reads, Like an open book you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Amazing. All the days of your life, all the days of my life, were written in heaven even before I took my first breath of air on the earth. Amen? So tell a neighbor, your blueprint is in heaven. <laughs> heaven has your blueprint. God has a blueprint for your life. God has a dream for your life. Even before you took your first breath of air on the earth, God had a dream for you. He created you for a purpose. 
And not only that, we can say this with confidence. Not only did God create you for a purpose, He designed you in such a way that you can fulfill that purpose. Amen? He designed you to fulfill that purpose. That's why you're so... So nice. <laughs> because you've been designed to fulfill that specific purpose that God has for you. Paul said this in Philippians, the third chapter, and verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He's saying, I'm pressing on because I want to lay hold of that for which Jesus laid a hold of me. There is a that for which, for which Jesus laid a hold of you. Amen? Meaning, there's a purpose with which Jesus laid a hold of you. A that for which, for which Jesus laid a hold of you. And our responsibility, like Paul, is to lay a hold of that for which Jesus laid a hold of us. Amen? So tell your neighbor, there's a that for which, for which Jesus laid a hold of you. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are His workmanship. We are something God is doing. Why is He doing whatever He is doing? So that, because He has good works which He planned beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen? God has good works already planned out for your life. God has places that He wants you to go. He has people He wants you to meet. He has lives He wants you to touch. And He has things for you to do. God has a purpose for your life. Amen? So, Living life is very simple. Just find out what God has planned for you and walk in it. Amen? You don't have to read the morning horoscope. You don't have to run from astrologer to astrologer. Amen? Just find out what has God planned for you and do it. So simple. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. God saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. God saved us and He called us. For what? Not for eternal retirement. Amen? That's something some people think like Christianity. You become a Christian so that you can have eternal retirement in heaven. God saved us and called us not for that. He called us according to His purpose or for His purpose. Amen? You have been called for His purpose. Amen? 
And the nice thing is this. Along with His purpose, He's given us grace. God always gives grace when He has a purpose. You have a purpose, He's given you the grace that you need to fulfill it. According to His purpose and grace, which was given to us. Do you know it has already been given to you? God is not trying to figure out what to do with you. Hallelujah. He has already figured it out. He already has a purpose and grace which He gave to you in Christ Jesus before time began. Even before time began, He had a purpose and a grace given to you, given to me in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, the moment we start talking and preaching about fulfilling God's purpose, sometimes people get scared. Because they think, Pastor is trying to get me ready to go off to Africa. That's why he's preaching about fulfilling God's purpose. No, 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 no. I want you to understand that God's plan for us is always good. Amen? God's plan for you is always good. Page 6, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God told His people in the Old Covenant, He said, I know the thoughts or the plans that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts or plans of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God says, guys, relax. Don't get scared of my plan for your life. I know the plans I have for you. I'm guaranteeing you that the plans I have for you are plans of good, not evil. Amen? Tell your neighbor, God's plan for you is good. So don't run away from God's plan. God's plan for you is always good. It's to give us a future and a hope, to take us to something better than where we are. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. You are called according to His purpose. And the Bible says all things are working together for good. Amen? When you lock into God's purpose, here's good news. Everything is working for your good. Amen? All things work together for good to those who love Him, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Things are working out for your good. So, don't be afraid of God's plan for your life, God's purpose for your life. There is nothing better than God's plan for your life, for my life. However, there are certain things we must keep in mind. We must cooperate with God to fulfill His plan. Amen? We are not robots. God's not going to ping, 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 ping. And then you go, yes, today I go to church. We are not robots. We have to cooperate with God to fulfill His plan. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 3, 9. He says, we are God's co-workers. We are partners together with God. We are co-workers. God, incidentally, doesn't have any sleeping partners because God never sleeps. Amen? So you've got to do something. Amen? You are not a sleeping partner with God. You are a co-worker. You've got something to do. God has a plan for you. He designs a plan. He looks to you to execute it on the earth. So you've got to be willing to work a little hard. 
You got to be willing to sweat a little bit. Amen? So we must cooperate with God to fulfill His plan for our lives. We got to work hard. So to do that, we must discover and pursue God's plan for our lives. We must discover and pursue God's plan for our lives. God's plan and purpose for our lives need not be a mystery. Amen? You know, it would be absolutely pointless for God to say, I have written out a plan for your life, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. It would be absolutely pointless if God says, I have a dream for you, I have a purpose for you, but I'm never going to let you find out. You know, so some people walk around as if, you know, God's will is so mysterious. Like even God doesn't know it. Excuse me. We're going to see later in chapter 2 that God is more than willing to reveal His will, His plan, His purpose for our lives if we are willing to seek it. God will be the first person to reveal it to you. Amen. All we have to do is seek Him for it. He will reveal it to us. And we're going to learn as we go along in this study about nine ways to understand, to discern the purpose of God in any given season of life. Nine ways that I, that I found very useful to discern the plan and purpose of God for our lives. I'm going to share that with you as we go along. It's also important for us to know that God will prepare us to fulfill His plan and purpose. God will prepare you. God will prepare me. Get me ready to fulfill His plan and purpose. The more thorough your preparation, the more likely you are to succeed. Preparation time is never wasted time. So tell a neighbor, preparation time is never wasted time. See, many of us don't like preparation. We want the action. But there is preparation. Before action. In fact, the greater the call, the greater the preparation. Amen? You want to be a junior lecturer? MA is okay. You want to be a senior professor? Sorry, PhD. <laughs> the greater the call, the greater the preparation. We know it so well in the things of life, but when it comes to doing the purpose of God, we think God... Turn on the fast food. I mean, the fast, you know, the, give me the, the quickest way to get ready. Sorry. The greater the call, the greater the preparation. Now, as we journey with God, trying to discover His purpose for our lives and then going about getting ready for it and fulfilling it, we may make mistakes. I shouldn't say we may. I should say we will make mistakes. All of us. I can guarantee all of us will make some mistakes along the way. But God is greater than our mistakes. God can help us overcome our failures and He can help us complete His goal. So we should not allow our mistakes to become our dead ends. Amen? Don't allow your mistake to become, to become your dead end. Keep going. God can help you overcome your mistake and take you on further, but you've got to be willing to let God do it. Now, keep some things in mind. That any weakness that we do not conquer will be used by Satan against us. 
any weakness you do not conquer will be used by Satan against you. Any unconquered weakness usually but a tragedy. Any unconquered weakness usually but a tragedy. That's why we have to be careful. To allow God to deal with our weaknesses, to be honest with ourselves and say, God, I realize I got a weakness here. Please deal with me in this area. Because if I don't conquer that weakness, somewhere down the road, it's going to birth a tragedy. It's going to cause an accident. Now, it may not be fatal, but an accident always requires time for repair. So we have to allow God. God, deal with the weaknesses of my life because any unconquered weakness usually births a tragedy. Your greatest enemies are not those outside you, but those internal. Your own attitudes, your own personal pet sins, your own weaknesses. Amen? Your greatest enemies are not those Outside you, it's internal. Your own weaknesses. Your greatest obstacles are usually birthed out of your own doing. Your greatest obstacles are usually birthed out of your own doing. Our greatest obstacles in life are usually birthed out of our own doing. So we like to blame the devil for everything. But very often, our greatest obstacles are those that we've birthed ourselves. You know, so whenever we make mistakes, it usually results in delay. You know, some of us may be sitting here and saying, well, you know, I know I made that mistake. I made a wrong choice, and I wasted five years of my life as a result. And you feel, ba- feel bad about it. But i got news for you. God is greater than those five years. Amen. God is greater than those five years that may have been lost. He can still accelerate things. He can still help you accomplish things. He can still bring you to a place where He would have brought you if those five years had not been wasted. God is greater than time. If our mistakes were greater than God, God help us. But thank God our mistakes are not greater than God. God's greater than our mistakes, our loss of time, and so on. It's interesting to, you know, and some of us may be sitting here and saying, well, you know, I wish I had this message when I was in Sunday school. I've already spent 35 years of my life, 45 years of my life, 55 years of my life, whatever, and, you know, it's a little too late. Listen, as you hear this message, as you, as we go through this study, I want you to Make a decision in your heart. God, with whatever years I have left in my life, I want to use it to serve your purposes. Amen. We can't do anything about what's gone behind. It's gone. But whatever is left ahead, I want to fulfill your purpose in the remaining years of my life. Amen. And it's interesting to know that the Apostle Paul himself He came to know the Lord Jesus Christ only when he was about 33 or 35 years of age. 33, 35 years of age, already gone. 
And only then, after that, he came to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe he must have, you know, I, I don't know if he might have said, Jesus, why didn't you reveal to me when I was 10 years old playing marbles down that tree? Why did you wait so long till I came to Damascus? But the nice thing is this. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8, he says, I have finished my course. Amen. I have finished my course. I've completed what God wanted me to complete in life. It's done. I'm ready for takeoff. So it doesn't matter where we are in life, what stage we are in life. If you will learn this, if you will get an understanding of this, and you will say, God, with whatever years I have left, I want to fulfill your plan, your purpose. I'll tell you, the rest of your life is going to be exciting. Amen. Tell your neighbor, get ready for the great adventure. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, God saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works. See, God didn't call us because we were so wonderful. Not according to our works. Not because we were so brilliant. Not because we were so smart. Not because we were so strong. God didn't call us not because of our works. Amen. So God's not looking for silver vessels and golden vessels. He's looking for yielded vessels. He's looking for vessels that will say, God, I want to fulfill your plan. I'm ready for it, God. That's what he's looking for. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So that the greatness of the power may be of God and not of us. You say, well, you might say, well, you know, I'm so inadequate. I don't think I can, you know, do anything of significance for God. Listen, God's not counting on your ability. All he's looking for is your willingness. And his power is going to come from him. It's going to be his power working through you that's going to help you get the job done. Amen? Now, another important thing for us to keep in mind as we go along this journey is this, that Satan will do his best to stop us from fulfilling God's purpose. You can be sure that the enemy is going to come to try to stop you from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. A God-given dream will always face demonic opposition. A God-given dream will always face demonic opposition. Satan will try to bring in delays. And delays are not always from God. The book of Daniel, the 10th chapter, reveals that to us. Daniel was praying. It took 21 days for him to get an answer. And then he wondered, why did it take 21 days? Well, the reason was this. Not because God didn't have email. The reason was there were demonic spirits that were hindering the angel from reaching through to Daniel. So we need to understand that delays are not always from God. Satan attempts to delay our miracle. Why? Because delays tend to weaken our desire. Delays tend to weaken our drive. Delays tend to weaken our determination. And that's why Satan introduces delays into our life. Why? So he can rob you of your desire to fulfill the purpose of God. No, you wait one month, you wait two months, you wait three months, and you say, well, God, you know, plan A is okay, let me get plan Z. 
Plan A is taking too long. So let me find a plan, another plan. So delays can be brought in by Satan to weaken our desire to fulfill God's highest and best. It can be introduced in our lives to weaken our drive, to weaken our determination. And delays can be introduced by Satan to create distractions. And that's the next point. We must remain focused on God's call. Amen. Distractions, which is simply broken focus, will result in wasted time and energy. Amen. Distractions, getting distracted, will result in wasted time and energy. God may have called you to do something, but you want to go run off doing something else. And so you pump in your time, you pump in your energy into that. Listen, it's a distraction. At the end of it, you're going to find out you wasted your time, you wasted your energy. And Satan introduces distractions. But God says, don't turn to the right or the left. And lastly, we must have endurance. Fulfilling God's purpose for our lives Unfortunately, it's not a hundred meter dash. It's a marathon. The Bible says run with endurance the race that is set before you. Amen? Run with some endurance the race that is set before you. And as you run, you might go through seasons of struggles, but the good thing is this, the taste of victory outlasts the memory of your struggle. You may be going through a time of struggle, but I want to guarantee you, when you get to that place of victory, you're going to just forget all that. God will cause you to forget all your struggles. And you'd say, victory is so sweet. I'm glad I arrived. Amen? The taste of victory always outlasts the memory of your struggle. And here's some encouraging news. Your endurance is demoralizing to Satan. Amen? Your endurance is demoralizing to Satan. When Satan sees that you're sticking to your plan, you're sticking to the plan that God has for your life, you're not going to quit, you're not going to get distracted, you're not going to run off on a, some other way, you're saying, God, this is your plan, I'm sticking with it. And you got some stickability. <laughs> Satan gets demoralized. Your endurance is demoralizing to Satan. Amen. God has a plan for your life. He's got places for you to go. He's got people He wants you to meet. He's got lives He wants you to touch. And He's got things that He wants you to do. Amen. Don't settle for anything else. There is no greater purpose than God's purpose. There is no greater satisfaction than seeing His purpose. There is no greater adventure than going to God. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at abcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.abcwo.org.